Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Yes. Um, be back. When it comes to how you get to know you stories, um, some couples meet while at church. Some couples meet while serving. Very holy. We, however, met on the, on dance, the dance floor. floor. <laughs> <laughs> True story. We didn't meet on the dance floor. <clears throat> yeah. So, no, we've been married about 10 years, since 2010. We met and got married. We have three kiddos. They are, how old are they, nine, Everett seven? Everett is almost 10, Emery is eight, and Ellis, big cheesy grin, is five. Yeah, there you go. Oh, excellent. Updated family photo. Love those. Good job. Love those. Um, yeah. You're up. Okay. So, I grew up in church and started a relationship with Christ, although didn't quite fully understand what that looked like when I was in middle school. Um, so I just kind of operated through my adolescence and high school, just seeking approval of others, teachers, peers, um, my parents. Um, the way that I viewed God was as this judge kind of out to get me, that I needed to outweigh you know, more good than bad in my life. And he was kind of this judge in the sky up there on his throne in the sky palace up high, um, just couldn't reach him. And um, I just spent a lot of my time um, comparing myself to my peers. And as long as I was doing better than they were, then I was all right. Um, I just did not have any understanding of grace, but operated under a lot of performance. Um, so I just, you know, with all of that, I just remained really immature in Christ through my adolescence. And my parents ended up getting divorced in seventh grade, which rocked my sense of security. And I sought acceptance in friends, boys, and eventually in college ended up in a same-sex relationship. And the guilt and shame from that relationship held me prisoner. And years later, I hesitantly, so scared, just the heavy burden of that, you know, sin was on my shoulders, but I just hesitantly shared it with one other person that I trusted. And um, she was a safe place for me. And uh, as soon as I finished, I just held my breath for fear that she would reject me. And I'll just never forget her response that day. It was uh, February 28th, 2004, at the Payway in Plano, and um, just marked my life forever. But she just said, Kelly, that's what Jesus died for. That is a nail to the cross. And she just met me with the gospel, which was the best thing I could have been met with, right? Um, and so instantly, God removed just that physical weight, but that spiritual weight, that burden was lifted from my shoulders and my heart. And he replaced the guilt and shame that I was carrying around for all those years with freedom, with love and forgiveness. And for the first time, I understood grace and that it came from Christ. Um, I love the wonderful promise in the book of James. It says, when you confess your sins to one another and pray together for one another, you can be healed. And I definitely um, experienced healing that day and continue to. So I grew up in a good home. My parents are still married to this day. Uh, they're believers in Jesus Christ. They faithfully discipled me to know the Bible, to follow the teachings of Jesus. Uh, in my hard-heartedness, however, I did not hear the good news of the gospel. I thought I had to do good works to be significant and to be safe. As a child, that meant obeying my parents, doing well in school, and that lie sank so far down into my heart that I operate to this day by default. Um, now it looks like trying to impress others by making myself look smart or just always being right, even if just in my own mind. <clears throat> I started looking at pornography in 2008, shortly after coming to Christ. I had a radical conversion experience in college. I began recovery the following year, and I found some sobriety through recovery, actually here at Regen at Watermark, and began uh, doing that. Um, I found a pretty girl that I wanted to marry. Hot stuff right here. We both were in community. We attended Merge. Uh, we did all the things and got ready in the mid 
2010, mid-2010, and then we got married at the end of that year over there in the chapel. Aww. <laughs> That's fun. I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> it's all true. It's all a fun story. Um, uh, okay, so beginning of marriage, I wasn't really completely sober um, from internet um, addiction to internet pornography. I relapsed two years into our marriage, and I hid it from Kelly for over a year. So that's 2014 when we started to come in to re-engage. On the inside, I felt awful. I knew that what I was doing was wrong. I knew it was sin, but I feared rejection more than I feared the dark and more than I feared God. So when we were newly married, Paul started confessing his struggles with porn um, to me, which was a you know, different shift um, and good, but God graciously showed me the massive desire I had to control what I didn't like about Paul. Anybody relate to that? No? I'm the only one. Okay, cool. Um, Now, I remember telling my friends that I felt like the worst version of myself, right? Marriage is that mirror um, along with God's word. And so I just was like trying to be his Holy Spirit. I had to learn the hard way that I cannot be his Holy Spirit. Um, I can't be his savior. And that means that I'm not Paul's personal porn police is my way of saying it now. I can kind of chuckle at that, Trippy. but that's what it was. That's what I was trying to do, trying to earn the badge. So his growth was between, it was between him and the Lord, um, and I needed to trust God that God wanted to change him just as much as I did, if not more. Okay, so <clears throat> after I confessed to Kelly, I, I hurt, I felt bad that I had hurt her. A re-engage group, however, gave me a framework for accountability and that included Kelly, that allowed me time and opportunity to demonstrate faithfulness, earnest repentance, and the opportunity to earn back her trust. On the whole, group was fun. We loved our re-engage group. Uh, We connected quickly with the other couples in our group. Um, Our leader couple was totally awesome. We're still friends with them to this day. We love Mark and Kathy Thomas. Shout out. They're not here right now, but they're around. That's you. Oh, okay. So Paul and I had been transparent with our community group, but none of the other couples in our group had the same struggle that we're walking through. So going into re-engage, I was really hopeful that we would meet other couples and other women specifically whose husbands had the same struggle with porn. And the Lord answered my prayer. So I experienced some freedom while attending re-engage, which was great. And I earned back some of her trust. We were doing better uh, in what we had hoped for. This was all well and good. However, sadly, before our closed group even ended, I relapsed again. Uh, Again, I trusted the dark. I trusted myself instead of trusting my loving Heavenly Father and his people. Uh, I even testified here at Reengage while I was in relapse, uh, which was awful. And my confession this time around to her and others was really ugly. So this time... I was extremely hurt. I was angry. Had nothing changed? Like, were we back in the same place? These are some of the questions I was asking. I was disappointed, embarrassed, because like he said, we had shared our testimony at Reengage just months prior. I felt like I'd been duped again. Oh, I was so mad. I felt defeated and discouraged. I felt like running away from him. Felt um, deceived and betrayed. Um, I felt the emotional impact of this confession more um, quickly this time and deeply. I felt wronged over and over and over. You see, I had a massive plank of pride in my own eye, and I was fixated, just like I was as a newly married woman, um, on fixing the speck in his. And um, thankfully, 
Jesus, his words led me to extend forgiveness eventually. But in, in um, the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke, he says, Jesus says, so watch yourselves, Kelly. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. And then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. That's Luke 17, 3 and 4. I mean, it could not be more clear than that. Um, and God used his word to convict me of where I was in sin. I was unforgiving. I was keeping a record of all his wrongs. I was judging him. I was condemning him. Jesus died for my sins as my sweet friend met me with grace all those years ago. And he was gracious to remind me that Paul's sins were also nailed to the cross. Okay, so here's the great grace and kindness of our Lord Jesus. Even though my confession was ugly and I hurt on the inside and hurt my wife again, and she's discouraged like she just described, when I confessed to my community group, it was the grace and kindness of the Lord there. The way they responded was very, very different. They made it abundantly clear that my behavior was grievous, that it was sinful, it's utterly unacceptable in the life of a believer. Um, at the same time, I felt really accepted. I felt personally and relationally loved. I made this confession in 2015, and then something started to change. I honestly cannot describe for you how, I, how it changed. I can tell you what it was. In 2016, I decided I made a commitment. I'm going to read my Bible every day. Six o'clock, dining room table, Romans. We're doing it. I didn't do it perfectly, but I made a commitment. I told my community group. I told other guys, I think I'm going to start doing this. So 2016 began to mark more consistent time in God's word for me, unparalleled before in my relationship with the Lord. I was experiencing a long stretch of sobriety, the longest yet. And Kelly and I jumped back in to serve with Reengage, up at now City Bridge, and we've had the privilege of serving there since, which is fantastic. Now, I wish I could tell you that I felt something different on the inside. I had no such feeling. I wish I could say the Lord gave me some grand mountaintop experience with clarity and profound spiritual insight. No, wasn't there. There was just week after week of making hard choices and submitting to him and fulfilling my commitment and meeting with the Lord every day, every morning. Romans was God's provision for me. As far as I can tell, nothing else really changed. But in that season, I experienced the longest stretch of sobriety I'd ever had, and it's still running. I've since learned that God's grace is sufficient for me every day. He doesn't give me grace to tide me over. He doesn't store it up for weeks and months. Every day I get to come to him and get the grace that I need. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. God's word says that when we need his grace, we can approach him and his throne and he gives it. I can't store it up and I don't have enough, so I need to go back to him. God humbles me by allowing me to come back to him repeatedly for the mercy that I want and that I need but I don't deserve. And he graciously gives me those good things. And by God's grace and him removing the massive plank of pride that I had, um, that I mentioned earlier, I have seen Paul grow as a husband, a father, a follower of Christ. He serves me consistently in, a ways, in ways that um, I feel loved and um, we've just grown in knowing each other. Um, without that barrier between us. And it's just been really fun to watch his walk with Christ just take off because he's abiding with him, as he was saying, and 
He's just put on more and more of Christ over the past several years. And God has been, uh, you know, working in my heart too. He's been transforming me by the renewing of my mind to the truth about who we both are in Christ. And I can replace old labels that I'd stuck on Paul with God's word. Um, So some of those labels are that Paul is God's treasured possession. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. He is redeemed. He's clean. He's made new. And God has given me new eyes for my husband, which is something that I did have to pray and ask for um, from where I was before. And also something I desire to be that I've had to learn kind of what that looks like. So I hope this is helpful, but to learn how to be a safe place for my husband because I had not been a safe place for him to come and confess, which, you know, aided in his fear. It didn't excuse, you know, his silence. But, um, you know, how, what does that look like? So I listen, I um, pray for him, I encourage, I help, and I practice patience. And the more that I do that, the more he is going to be wanting to come communicate with me what's on his heart and what, is, um, what his fears are and um, let me know him. So seeing his walk with Christ change over these past four years has definitely rebuilt my trust in him again. And where we are right now, I've never seen Paul a stronger, better spiritual leader for our family. And I'm just excited to see what God continues to do in his life. And over this past uh, season, I've gotten to see Kelly uh, change as the Lord transforms her by the renewing of her mind. My 2016 commitment to read the Bible every day, she matched, she made the same commitment By the way, she did a better job fulfilling it than I did. I see her devote herself to the word, and I know the word does not come back void. She has become more beautiful as she grows more like Christ. She's the jewel that crowns our house's decor. She's the warm heartbeat for our home. Kelly has transformed physically as she has disciplined her mind and her heart and lost over 100 pounds in the last eight months of hard work, 2018-19, transformative for her. She looks awesome. Good for you. I guess I should have brought it before and after or something. I didn't know you. (laughs) God's word has transformed her, and his word renews her mind with truth. Kelly is God's blessing and his provision for me. I'm more grateful for Kelly now than I have ever been before. I'm more quick to admit fault and take responsibility for my part in conflicts It used to go on for weeks. Now that's reduced to days or even hours. The Lord has blessed our marriage such that we're a better team. We work better together now than we ever have before, mostly with respect to rearing, training, and discipling our children. I feel more known now by Kelly than I ever have before. My default setting of feeling worthwhile only when I'm useful or smart or convenient It still manifests itself in the difficulty to ask for things that I want, like sex, for example. I'm learning now how to ask for sex when I want it. I'm learning both to admit my desires to myself that I'm worth it, and I'm learning the humility that comes with resigning those same desires in the event that I hear no for an answer, and that's okay. I'm learning to take responsibility for my emotions. My default is to blame others when I get upset for my feelings. This is called codependency or unhealthy enmeshment. But by the grace of God, he's giving me the strength that I need to mold me into the man that he has always intended for me to be. It is a great and glorious work that Kelly helps me with and she's my helper in. It's painful and it's challenging, but it's also worthwhile.
Did you want to close? Yeah. Do you have Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if this is your first night at Reengage, we are so glad you're here. And uh, we just pray that you find this to be an honest place or place to be honest about who you really are and what's going on. And if you've been coming for a while, uh, but you're tempted to despair because you see no change in your marriage, let me just remind you to fix your eyes on things that are unseen because they are eternal. And I'm just going to read from Hebrews 12, the first few verses to close. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Thanks for letting us share tonight.